Uh, very good morning, everyone. It's Oliver Callan here. You're very welcome to the show. It is now Tuesday, the 25th of July. Just five months to Christmas now. Oh, yeah. The turkey you'll be eating has already been born. So think of that. Think of that as you go about your day. You can chat to us as ever. The text is 51551. And from the north, text studio. And then your message to 80889. Um, if I'm sounding a bit flighty this morning, it's because I had a, a sip of what I thought was tea. You know, you're expecting tea and your, your brain takes a while to catch up and uh, it turned out to be coffee because I'm very, very, very excited uh, upstairs this morning. And it had a lid on it and everything, so there was no, you know, I was sitting there for a while. But uh, it's like when you kind of put your bag in, when you're in school, you put your hand into someone else's bags of crisps and you're expecting cheese and onion and a salt and vinegar. And you're, you're just something, your brain fritzes for a while and goes, what is this? But uh, there you go. So I've had inadvertently had uh, extra coffee this morning because I've done the in the early morning. Now, what am I uh, rustling here? I tore out a page of the Sunday Times uh, magazine at the weekend for a book to buy. We were talking about we were talking to Catelyn Moran last week about uh, men and men's issues, and this is a book about manly men doing manly things in a manly way. It's about uh, it's a compelling story apparently of Scotland's oil rush celebrating this manly man's world. So uh, it's, 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 and I ended up just, you start Googling, I go down Google rabbit holes all the time in the, when, this, when this sort of happens to me. Um, so I started Googling about reading. It got me reading about reading, basically. So, uh, and 80% of women buy all the books. And um, this is despite the entire history of publishing being almost entirely about male writers. And, um, and apparently this year, for the first time ever in America, women authors produced more books than men. Uh, it was as low as 18% of the books in the 1960s, uh, women producing just 18%. Now it's over 50% for the first time. And that's mostly down to the growth in the industry, apparently. So female writers aren't replacing or displacing the men folk, if that's what you're worried about. But I'm curious about the fact that men don't seem to really buy many books. So men out there, what are you reading this morning? You 20% of book buyers. Um, out there. By the way, The Black Eden by Richard T. Kelly is the book. Set in the 50s, it goes up to the 80s, I believe. Scottish oil industry, storm-belted oil rigs, the North Sea, treachery, corruption, uh, just a world full of rusty trawlers and whiskey in mugs. So what could be more manly than that, I ask you? Good news for Irish writers, by the way. Uh, the Connacht Tribune informs us this morning that uh, a friend of the show now, we can call him Colin Walsh, who was in last week talking about Cala, his debut novel, has been shortlisted for the prestigious Waterstones Debut Fiction Prize. It's a, a prize across the water. And um, they've nominated two Irish writers, Colin Walsh's debut novel, uh, novel Cala, and Michael McGee, Close to Home, which is that Belfast uh, debut novel as well. That's got lots of good reviews. We'll find out who's won the Waterstones debut uh, fiction prize 2023 in a month's time, at the end of August. So good luck to our Irish writers. Another magazine here. This is an absolute abomination. Are you sitting down? Because the Sunday Times Style magazine, I know I'm a few days late with this, but we get excited, you know, when, you, when you've tasted uh, coffee that you thought was tea. The shower curtain has returned, apparently. Now, the headline says the rise of the chic shower curtain. Now, I don't know if shower curtains can ever, ever be chic. Forget wet rooms with big glass screens. The old school shower curtain is back. Hanging the homes of the aesthetic elite they're about as far as from your grandma's teeming with mildew and clinging to your calves as you can get. Well, I don't know. It's still a bloody shower curtain. I'm looking at it here. It's a shower curtain. It's made of the same stuff. Uh, but apparently 
the aesthetic elite. Who are them? Who are you, aesthetic elite out there? You need to be called that. Maximalists are leaning into the froofiness of it all, as evidenced by the design set's favourite curtain maker. And it goes into Sonia Adams, who's apparently a curtain maker, and she's uh, recommending the shower curtain. Uh, but there's so many words that drive me quite insane there. Maximalists leaning in and also, well, froofiness. Froofiness, which I learned is apparently a fanciness, basically. Froofiness. That's your word of the day. The frilly old school shirt curtain uh, is back, apparently. And that's a thing nobody, nobody wants to see. It's an abomination. And I'm calling out the aesthetic elite out there. You are, you are a disgrace, basically. Uh, by the way, fun show for you this morning. Um, we're going to be speaking to Emma Dore and she's coming in to chat to us. Comedian, professional chancer, I believe she calls herself. And a proper dub as well. She's with us this morning. Uh, there's a major comedy festival in the Ivy Gardens in the capital this week. So that's as good an excuse as any to have the absolute chats with, uh, with Emma. You know her from The Thing. Yeah, you know Emma Dorn from The Thing, with The, with the Thing, on The Thing. Everyone, everyone knows Emma, but we'll get to know her even better this morning. So looking forward to our comedy chats. Um, back to the papers. And I kind of vowed I wouldn't mention the Barbie and Oppenheimer thing again. But they're just the, the box office records that were smashed across the world. Uh, we have the Irish update on it. Uh, double bills of Barbie and Oppenheimer given the Lighthouse Cinema in Dublin and the Palace in Galway, or is it Palace, because there's two fathers, their busiest weekend on record. Busiest weekend ever, the double bill of the two opposing um, pole, polar opposite movies that seem to have got very everyone very, very excited. Um, Move phenomenon dubbed Barbenheimer's and hailed Boosa Cinema following the post-pandemic slump. Yes, we know that. So with the Republic of Ireland, the latest managed to double the screen averages for Barbie and the Republic. Yes, were screen averages were 26,000 for uh, Barbie, 14,000 for Oppenheimer, but the latest doubled that and took the number one spot for the top performing uh, cinema site in the UK and Ireland for Oppenheimer on 35mm film. So the nerds have really gone out for this one and is the Irish top 10 cinema for Barbie um, for the entire country. Very well done. And people have gone to see Breakfast with Barbie at 8 o'clock on Friday morning. Um, because, of course, Galway native, Derry Girls and Bridgerton star Nicola Coughlin uh, was in the actual Palace cinema in Galway herself on Sunday to watch herself in the uh, as diplomat Barbie in the film itself. So, great success all around. And the other record that's been broken is that Greta Gerwig, the director, has broken the opening weekend record worldwide for female directors. So, it's the, the highest grossing weekend opening for a film directed by a woman ever. So it has done it has done amazing things, this film. And also I was reading yesterday that um, the cinema goers and the, the experts in this market are looking at this could be hopefully the death of the sequel, the remake, the franchise, because cinema goers have gone and said, yes, something original that we haven't seen before. We know Barbie's toy, but it was never a film before. Oppenheimer, completely new film. And it's going to rescue the cinema, apparently. Now, you can rescue one thing and you can watch something else burn to the ground because Twitter, everyone is having a... Um, uh, it's kind of face palming, eye rolling, doing what you're doing, reacting to Elon Musk's latest terrible decisions for Twitter, which you might know by now he has rebranded as X. So Twitter is no longer Twitter. Tweets are no longer tweets. It is now called X.com. And the tweets are apparently X's, which is clearly not going to catch on. And... Um, there's lots of stuff. In one fell swoop, Elon Musk has essentially wiped out 15 years of brand value from Twitter and is now essentially trying to start from scratch. So he risked the wrath of Twitter users even as he can ill afford to upset them. Apparently the company's still facing financial difficulties. Remember when he took over last year, half of their advertising revenue was completely wiped out. It hasn't recovered. Um, 
he got people to pay for the subscription so you get the blue tick thing um, it hasn't terribly worked out and now there's increased competition because the Facebook company Meta has released an app uh, called Threads which racked up 100 million downloads in less a week uh, the fastest growing app in history though there are investigations into that app and of course it's not legal to use in the EU yet because of all their other uh, Facebooky problems but uh, Elon Musk, says, has long been interested in the X name. In 1999, he helped found X.com, an online bank, which would then become PayPal. Then he repurchased X.com from PayPal, which he sold. And he said it was sentimental value. And he, of course, he owns Tesla, which has a, an SUV called the Model X, one of the many, many ugly Tesla cars on the road. And one of Mr. Musk's own sons. He's called XAEA12 Musk, but it's often called X for short, that poor, poor child with a, with a stupid name uh, from the ridiculous billionaire. So the problem with X, as we're told here across the papers this morning, is that Facebook company, Microsoft and hundreds more companies own trademarks through to the new Twitter name. So the X profile, it's not even possible apparently to um, trademark it entirely yourself. It's so widely used and cited in trademarks, it's a candidate for legal challenges and the company formerly known as Twitter could face its own issues defending itself as X. But of course, it's always built in, isn't it, to get um, sued and used up. And within the company, um, we've been told, because the upset Twitter company, we should remind people, of course, not only has he destroyed half of the uh, advertising revenue of Twitter, but thousands of job losses around the world, including here in Ireland, where it ran into hundreds. Uh, but the X logos have been projected in the t- former Twitter company's um, canteen and cafes. Conference rooms have been renamed, rebranded words to words with X in them. So exposure and also sexy is the name of one of the conference rooms. None of this makes any sense. And so obviously people on Twitter, or I mean, sorry, X, have started um, pointing out how terrible an idea this is to name a conference room sexy. Um, is sexy an appropriate name for a conference room at a business? I'm asking for a billionaire man-child, says uh, Ask a Manager. And uh, someone says, talk about creating a hostile workplace. Someone, uh, and David Mack tweeted, yeah, HR is asked to meet with me urgently in sexy to discuss my inappropriate workplace behaviour. So you can see it, how bad, how awful this is. Sexy, by the way, spelt with a three for the letter E. So there's all kinds of wrong. It's like novelty, novelty car reg vibe going on, isn't there? And just a giant X and all the X-rated issues. Not to mention the fact that people have been pointing out that nobody wants, um, no one's going to call it um, X at all. They're going to call Twitter, uh, just as some people still call uh, the point. Not enough, I feel, called uh, the point, the point, uh, the point depot and the Olympia. Oh, God, yes, I forgot that was rebranded. And Lansdowne Road. And I think the Aviva has unfortunately caught on. Nobody uses Lansdowne Road anymore, other than if they're just going to park there on the actual road or something, which you can't do. But Declan Pierce has been tweeting, Opal Fruits Till I Die. Still refusing to go along with that one. And Tato, lots of Tato Park getting a lot of mentioned uh, mentions for Emerald Park upset those people up there those lovely people have given joy to the youngsters I'm surprised no one's mentioned um, Marathon and Snickers no too, that's too backdated alright that's for the middle agers out there that's it um, the, the, the Hollywood actor strike is still going on but some things are still being made and George R. R. Martin you know big beardy guy who wrote Game of Thrones he's expressed his shock that House of Dragon which is the spin-off series um, happening on one of the streaming HBO HBO um, House of Dragon is still filming despite the strikes. 
Um, so he said he's not very, he's been, he's, he's been on several picket lines in Santa Fe and he said he's surprised to learn that HBO's Game of Thrones prequel series House of the Dragon, which is based on his book of the same name, is currently filming despite the strikes. Honestly, I'm shocked to hear this. The second season is half done. All of the scripts have been finished months before the writer's strike. No writing uh, needs to be done since, to the best of his knowledge, but he's wondering about the actors. But um, it turns out the actors are members of the British Union Equity, not the, um, the, the Screen Actors Guild and the, the other ones, and though Equity strongly supports their American cousins. They have a big rally to show the support. The British law forbids them from staging a sympathy strike. If they walk, they have no protection against being fired for the breach of contract or even being sued. And the whole thing, of course, has been shot in the UK after... Um, uh, well, look, things got moved out of New Zealand. Weren't things going to be shot in New Zealand? And then uh, they, they closed the place down. Now, other movies, apparently, and series are getting waivers from the trade unions um, behind the strikes in LA. They get a special interim agreement or waivers. So The Grey House is a Civil War-inspired drama that's currently been produced by Kevin Costner and Morgan Freeman. It's the latest high-profile pro- project to land an interim agreement from the unions so they can continue and go ahead. More importantly for us in Ireland, films such as The Watchers, which is involving from Warner Brothers, have also been added to the list, as well as other things. So The Watchers, as far as we're aware in this article from Variety in America, uh, is going ahead because they've got the special waiver because they're indie projects that kind of had started just before the strikes and part of different deals, but they didn't want to um, break any picket lines. So they went and said, can we can we do this? Can we do this union? And they said, yes, yes, you are very nice. Go on ahead. You have our blessing. Dwayne Johnson is, uh, has donated a substantial sum to the strike fund, apparently, a seven-figure sum to the Screen Actors Guild and the American Federation of Television and Radio Artists amid the actors' union strike. This is a good egg, Dwayne Johnson. And I think, indeed, he was mentioned by Kathleen Moran as one of the uh, one of the manly men that should be standing up as role models. So you could forget the kind of more sinister, insidious elements of the internet. Dwayne Johnson, who's uh, and Captain America, Chris Evans, isn't he? Where the papoose, would you call the thing when you're carrying children around? And the toxic uh, males come out and said, oh, look, he's not a proper man. He said, excuse me, sir, I am a gentleman. And on it goes. Not, not quite like that, but you get the idea. Now, there's a year to go to the Olympics in Paris. And there's been a historic cleanup of the city, which is good. If you've been to Paris, it can be a bit grubby around the edges. Although they're probably only doing the fancy areas, let's face it, or the... Uh, uh, froofy, froofy areas of uh, Paris. Uh, swimmers and divers will be back in the River Seine as part of the cleanup of the River Seine. It's been banned. Swimming in the River Seine has been banned for 100 years. But swimming is said to be one of the major legacies of the Olympic Games because they've spelled, spent one and a half billion on a regeneration project which has now been hailed as a success. So three Olympic events, the triathlon, marathon swimming and the para-triathlon is scheduled to take place in the River Seine on saint jean prairie and then they're going to open, uh, they're going to have three open-air swimming areas from the quayside in the Seine and uh, they're basically saying, look, you know, when people see the athletes swimming in the river with no health problems, they're going to dip in themselves. And uh, this, of course, is a reminder of how successful the Liffey cleanup has been over the, the last 10, 15 years or so. Uh, although the currents, I believe, are quite the swimmers. And Liffey says it, it's not a safe place to swim. You need to know what you're doing because there's lots of currents. But there is still um, something called the Liffey Sweeper, which was introduced two years ago and cleans up all the litter. Because uh, when the Liffey ran at low tide and I first arrived at this town, you went, ho, ho. Uh, so the Liffey is clean. Um, the streets are just not very pleasant at the moment, let's face it. Bad news for Spotify streaming users. Spotify Premium is going up by euro from 9.99 a month it's going up to 10.99 a month if you're an existing subscriber um, that goes up in September but new entrants 
uh, will have to be paying the extra bit. And the Duo subscription will also go up to fourteen ninety nine for streaming. And don't forget, uh, the artists are not paid terribly well for at or at really not very much at all. You have to get to millions and millions of streams to get a few quid out of Spotify. That is why it's been such a success. I suppose. But I suppose it's better than pirating it, isn't it? It's marginally better because that, that was the way things were going and uh, no one thought anyone would pay for music again. And they kind of are. It's just that the big tech giants are not exactly passing on, passing on the spoils, which is very unfortunate. Now, if you want to, um, researchers, they're always up to stuff, these researchers. They've identified eight habits that could see people live more than 20 years longer if they do these things. Um, now, it's important to point out that these, these researchers have uh, basically collected questionnaires for 10 years from people in the Veteran Affairs Million Veteran Programme across in America, which might explain why the number one, th- well, it should be the number one thing, but avoiding opioid addiction is one of the things to do that will extend your life um, by 20 years, particularly at age 40 years, compared to those with no adopted lifestyle factor. So it's going to extend your life, men, 23 years by average, 22 years if you're a woman. Uh, so what have you got to do? Eight things to extend your life. Eat well. Okay, all the time. Yes. Avoid cigarettes. Right, avoid. Not not just don't have them at all. Get a good night's sleep. Oh dear. Be physically active, right? Manage stress. Mm, that's a bit, of a bit of a broad one now, managing stress. Nobody can do that. Some people get stressed picking out what flavour yoghurt they're going to purchase on any given day. Avoid binge drinking. All right, be free from opioid addiction and have positive social relationships. So it's kind of um, stating the bleeding obvious sort of thing, isn't it? And live long and prosper if you if you can manage it somehow. I'm not sure how. 51551 is the text. Oh, yes. No more tweeting, apparently. Oh, there we go. We're back to this. Xing will be all the rage. Xing. It's just sound, everything about this sounds so wrong and really gross. Elon Musk's senselessness, mystifying gamble. Can't really fathom it. Then again, he seems a somewhat left-field character. A bit of an oddball. Or am I being harsh, says John. You're not being harsh at all. Look, he's a billionaire. He can't lose. He can fire around his money and he's going to be absolutely fine. I was calling out for people, to manly men out there, to tell us what they're reading. Nobody really getting in touch. Um, well, Kate says, I'm reading Strange Sally Diamond by Liz Nugent. That's on my list. I haven't got there yet. Strange Sally Diamond, which says strange things to people's sensory um, uh, um, systems when they get to reading it. As Liz Nugent does, she gets under our skin and she starts to wonder, oh my God, maybe I'm, I sometimes have these thoughts too. Is there something wrong with me? Liz Nugent, tell me. You know it, everything. Uh, you asked what men are, what ye men are reading. My husband was at that very moment reading the, the Lidl catalogue, says Miriam. Of course, he had Ulysses under his arm too. Oh, so he's using the Ulysses to prop his arm up so he can be more comfortable while he's looking for step ladders uh, in the middle of the middle aisle. And someone said, they went to see Barbie last night at Lighthouse Cinema in Dublin. The first time I've been to the cinema in about 10 years. Are you serious? What, why people don't go to the cinema sometimes but if Barbie has brought you back it is indeed a terrific success thoroughly enjoyable is the review there well done and go to the, I hope you go to the cinema now more often it's a lovely place to go and enjoy um, the arts and uh, your spending to keep these beautiful theatres open across town and keep the atmosphere going and make sure you scowl at people if they're using the phone or if they're speaking and do a big particularly if the cinema is very very packed and people are talking I just do a big hush because no one knows where it's coming from a big shush and it really works nothing like bringing you back to the schoolyard it's nearly 25 past 9 we better get on with things 51551 that is the text number but it's Thin Lizzy to start your day good morning Summer comes. Now that the boys are here again, the boys are 
Yeah, yeah. Spread the word, the boys. That's a forever voice of Phil Linnett, of course, and Thin Lizzy. 51551. That is our text. What are people reading out there? How are you now? I'm reading Paul Murray's The Bee Sting. Just brilliant. I'm about to start Megan Nolan's new one, Ordinary Human Failings. That's one each, says John in Leitrim. Uh, Paul Murray, yes, a Dublin writer, of course. It's about... Um, it's a very funny book. I'm hearing very, very, very good things about The Bee Sting. I'll put it on the list. Um, what is, I was listening to chatting about what men are reading. My husband is reading a hilarious book at the moment, The Devil Wears Farah by C.J. McCarthy, says Evelyn. Thank you for tweeting on behalf of He's so engrossed, obviously, he can't, he can't text on his own. Um, listening to, I'm listening to two great books, Breath by James Nestor and We Don't Know Ourselves by Fintan O'Toole, says Dan. Yes, the um, Fintan O'Toole one in particular gets you to re- visit stages of Irish history in a way that you is quite revisionist I thought it kind of particularly the JFK visit to Ireland uh, I will I will never think of it in the same way again thanks to Fintan O'Toole uh, which was the book of the year by the way two years ago thanks for playing the boys back in town our wonderful hurlers who were fated in Perry Square last evening Limnachabu says Margaret yet yeah, loads of lovely pictures I, I know it's actually the hurlers they don't wear suits anymore after the match they're in their kind of casual gear which I think suits the mood a lot better when they used to kind of put them in a look slightly straight jacketed in blazers and uh, matching things. But maybe, maybe, maybe people will think, no, they liked the, the aesthetic elite might be actually in touch complaining about the, the lack of suits. And Annie West, famous illustrator and cartoonist, is, has declared herself the aesthetic elite because she's tweeted us. Sorry, she's exed us. A, uh, that's not working at all. She's exes a picture of a shower curtain in her own style. She's uh, she does the wonderful caricatures of Irish writers in all their pomposity with Yeats and Oscar Wilde and so on and Joyce, all of them. And there's a full-on shower curtain here in what looks like a wet room. What's it made of though, Annie West? And um, is it machine washable? What can we do if the mel- mildew begins? Should you only have cold showers? In a shower. I have so many questions because obviously the hot shower, you've got a convection current that comes in and that's what whips it up and makes it, oh God, oh, none, none of this is working. Annie West, we will never forgive you. 51551, that's the text message. We're going to chat to Emma Doran, comedian extraordinaire, after these. And you're very welcome back. Uh, we're talking about manly books earlier on. I'm reading the most manly of books by the most manly of men. What's this? Death in the Afternoon. Ah, yes. Ernest Hemingway's Ode to Spanish Bullfighting. Beat that, even though I do feel a little pretentious. I'm just telling you. Better not uh, tell my wife, says Gary in Westmeath. Thank you, Gary in Westmeath, who's reading Death in the Afternoon. You have to go to a... Uh, make sure you go to a cafe. Do you, do you read books, Amador? And do you book um, no, not really. No. Okay. I'm writing one, though. She's writing one. <laughs> she doesn't read books. Good song. This is Irish music. Beautiful Irish music. 51551 is the text. Ah, oh, nice clean ending there to that one. Orla Gartland there, you're not special baby, young Irish artist and uh, was introduced to the the other day uh, to that music. I'm quite enjoying it, I must say. Um, we were referencing Limna Chabu earlier on and the coming home and the fact that they're all wearing their, their various assorted casuals. Someone says, I don't like the post-match sports look that you mentioned. It's terrible. Why not a pair of sports shorts and a Limerick polo shirt? I see, you want them all matching. I can see what you mean. Yeah, you can be casual, but keep them all together so it looks uniform and then when they're in the crowd you can tell who the players are and who not. Back after these... 
Now we've got loads and loads of books from fellas out there Men who are reading books this weather We'll come back to this tomorrow But for now, good day to you all Philip Bouter-Hayes is next, Slon.